This is Sarah, Hannah, Joe, Dante, Jackpot, aka Patrick. <laughs> anyway, last time we wrapped up things of the Dark Tournament, and then we had a very, very special collaboration episode with the podcast Running in the 90s, where we all watched the Yu Hakusho the movie Poltergeist Report. It's a very infamous, non-canical movie um, that features an even more infamous English dub. Wait, how how is the regular English dub infamous, though? It's as infamous for being, like, shit. Yeah, the, the Poltergeist <laughs> Report one is pretty well, no, 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 I meant, I, I thought I thought they meant the, the infamous non-canical and the English dub of the show is what I got from that. No, the English dub of the movie, oh, the is, movie. The, like, is the infamous one. Because there's two bad Yu Hakusho English dubs. Okay. There's one of this movie, then there's one of the series that was done in like Southeast Asia that is not the one that we all know. Is that like how Yu-Gi-Oh... I think it's like Yu-Gi-Oh where everyone's like has the has the dude accent. I think that was it. Was Wait, you like the four kids? Yeah, no, it was, it was like... Oh, a, there was another English dub there's with Yu-Gi-Oh? A, I think it was either Yu-Gi-Oh or sometime where it's like, dude! And it's like, it's like that whole thing. I can't remember... Where Joey Wheeler had a, a Brooklyn accent. Well, there's that too. <laughs> there's that one, but... Anyways, but um, but yeah, um, today we're going to start on the next season of Yu Hawk Show, Chapter Black Saga, with episodes 67 through 70. You better get ready. He just did finger guns. Y'all can't see it, but you can imagine in your mind... Just imagine I have, like, the Ebony and Ivory from Devil May Cry. I'm just, like, being cool. Also, I may or may not have been playing Devil May Cry this last couple days, so. All right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Patrick, I'm going to welcome you back to the living world with episode 67, Return to Living World, a.k.a. a new prologue. Woo. So in this episode, Yusuke falls in the hands of powerful new adversaries, forcing Kuwabara to round up the old gang in order to stage a rescue attempt. Oh, man, doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, just a bit. But the episode actually begins with something a bit different. Uh, you see the silhouette of Hanging Neck Island. It's a dark and stormy night. And hey, guess who's still alive? Everyone's favorite human-slash-demon cockroach, Elder Toguro. He's uh, bringing himself out of the sea. He's really fucked up because he's barely regenerating from being punched to like oblivion by his, older br- uh, by his younger brother. And uh, he's uh, greeted by a very tall, very plainly dressed man who's all in silhouette and has a massive bejeweled forehead. Was it like Brother? Uh, no, it's someone else. We, you don't know who it is yet, but uh, they're, they're a special someone. Was it like Other Guy? Yeah, he, yeah. Other Guy! <laughs> <laughs> so it then switches off to Spirit World where George barges into Quenma's office and basically just makes a shit out of himself by knocking everything over. <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of barging in unannounced and everyone's surprised. Switches to then a Shinigami staff meeting, I guess, where uh, Botan's talking a little bit with her fellow co-workers. You know, just about day-to-day things like bringing the souls of the dead to, uh, you know, the land of the dead. It's good, it's good times. Well, I mean, it's like just regular coffee talk. I mean, I mean, like, or water, was it water cooler talk? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's just their job. I mean, I mean, if you were in charge of heaven and hell and bringing demons, I mean, it'd be different than, you know, talking about programming and stuff, right, Joe? Okay. I think it was almost like they're having, like, a, like, a break. Like, it, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, in your workplace, you tend to, like, you have your work friends, or you have, and then you just meet up for lunch. It's like in the English dub, it was cute, because all, of, for the most part, I think all of them also had British accents. <laughs> oh, yeah, I watched this part uh, in Japanese and in Spanish, so I don't remember <coughs> what the other two's voices were like. 
They were very, very British sounding. <laughs> Boy, mate, you see that that little bird that I picked up the other day? I think that's more Australian, but yeah, okay. It, it degenerated into that. Wow, you're saying that Australians or English people will degenerate it. Anyways. Uh, that's what the English say. Besides right? horrible ethno-nationalism, uh, Botan then gets called into Quenma's office, and uh, Quenma appears to be reading you know, some legal papers that he was stamping, but the script looks like Korean, which was really weird to me, because it was three part syllabic script and either it was just supposed to be a nonsense script or for whatever reason Tagashi's like I don't know maybe they use Korean as their language well do you think do they use Korean animation studios back in like the that no that they were time? using uh, wow. it was Perot and the whole Korean animation studio thing didn't start uh, happening more until like the late 90s early 2000s yeah oh, okay. so it's still a Japanese studio so I think it's more only more like to keep a Foreign, maybe? Maybe there's that. And, like, because of the fact that, like, this form of Buddhism is shared between Japan, Korea, and China, mm-hmm. maybe, like, in a weirdly progressive move, Tagashi was like, well, the neutral point there is Korea, so we'll go with Korean. Does that mean that the official language of heaven is now Korean, then? Well, you can ask Korean Jesus, a la 21 Jump Street, and, uh, <laughs> and he'll tell you the answer while also being buff as hell on the cross. I got you all. I guess I'll, uh, I'll get started on learning Korean then. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Koenma tells Botan that she needs to contact Yusuke about some troublemakers who, surprisingly, are not demons, actually. So something's going on. We're not sure what. Hmm. So, uh, switch back to the living world where Yusuke and Kuwabara, you know, uh, they just want to skip school to play games. And Keigo uh, sets them straight uh, because she is pissed off that they're even thinking about skipping school. Stay in school, kids. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not expelled yet. I feel like they missed at least, like, a month worth of school. Well, didn't they have their spring break during the <coughs> tournament? During the tournament? I, I honestly forget what... No, they... that was before that was the other tournament. I think, yeah. Kasa Suzaku arc, I think. Oh, oh, oh what? The Keiko was break. gone, too. <laughs> like... Actually, that's true, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe they got some, like, you know, for Yusuke's internship, they got, like, oh, yeah, we had school release for a while to do intern work. Oh, no, it was, Why like, are you so buff now? It was a <laughs> intern shonen work. anime excuse. Oh, yeah. But it was like, hey, I'm a shonen anime protagonist. Oh, like, of, co- of course, sir, of course. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, imagining, like, the, the, the next day at school, you see Cool Bar with his shirt ripped off. He's, like, all effed all up. And you see him grab, he's like, ah. She's, like, training in school. Ah. It's, like, Cool Bar. Ah. He, here. <laughs> he's like all messed up. He's like, he's all like after he just got into a heavy battle. <laughs> so while they're walking down the street towards school, they stumble upon uh, some Yakuza who, you know, are pissing people off. And the Yakuza, you know, kind of approach them basically saying for Yusuke and Kuwabara to get out of their way, slash they're gonna start shaking them down. And then one of them looks into Yusuke's eyes and uh, in an incredibly Japanese move, they're just like, oh, this looks like we got a badass. And they're just like, oh, shit. You know, I can tell from the look in his eyes that something, this guy's seen some shit, man. Yeah. Oh, and man. So they variously... Pro tag. Yeah, they, they variously get afraid, and, like, they actually clear the way to make room for Yusuke and Kuwabara. That's how you can tell these guys have developed. Like, people aren't fucking with them anymore. I wonder, I wonder if, they, if you could actually feel that, or it just, like, looks like two people. I guess maybe they're so spiritual, their vibe is, like... I think, I think it's a combination of things because like there's supposed to be this idea of like aura and killing intent even in Japanese popular culture not just like religious mm-hmm. culture and like maybe the guys were able to like sense some like killing intent from Yusuke mm-hmm. or something like that I yeah, gotcha yeah. 
I mean, with, like, that's how it was, because it, like, suddenly changed. He looked in his eyes, and the screen got all, like, dark. And it did that. Yeah. See the fire in their eyes just beat it. You know, that's what's going on here. Yikes. As they're walking to school, they're being watched by these two teens in 90s AF outfits. So, it is the 90s, but... And there's time for clacks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, new kids on the block blasting while they're walking down the street. And they're like, bodacious dude. Or is that 80s? I I have I think new kids on the block were the 80s. (laughs) No, no, they had some stuff in... They had some stuff in there. Regardless, you should have looked up their outfits. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking boys to men. Sorry, let me reverse the joke. They're rocking that street with boys to men blasting. Boys to men, boys to men. Anyways. (laughs) So it it cuts to uh, Hiei cutting a a Makai insect. Uh, just like in a gothic, uh, fucking, uh, what the, what, rafterscape. I wrote faster, but I meant rafterscape. Fasterscape. So basically he's in the rafters of some building being, you know, everyone's favorite jock goth, uh, cuts an insect in half and he's just like, oh, why are there like demon insects here? No worries. It doesn't bother me. And just cuts to Karama at school. And Karama, and then basically there's a whole crowd of people looking over, um, the test scores that got posted and you notice at the top, like, the very first person who scored the highest is none other than Karama, a.k.a. Sumichi Minamino, and everyone's making a very good point about, oh, Kaito got second, but who is Kaito? Some Kaito nerd. kid? <laughs> who's, who's the mass Kaito? <laughs> actually, that, that, you know about, that's actually a character from Detective Conan. Oh. Kaito kid, oh, he's actually wow. met. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, Kaito. It's it, not that Kaito. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's the thief, right? Yeah. yeah. He actually has a, his own anime. I want to watch that, too. He's also in the Lupin the Third uh, crossover with Detective Conan. Makes sense. Yeah, Kaito 1, 2, 1. I think it's like 1, 2, 1, 4. I can't remember. Because it's like it's like the symbols for kid. And that's why I call him Kaito oh. Kid. Mm-hmm. There's, also a, uh, there's also a Kaito in Hunter x Hunter, but that's unrelated. Uh, so, yeah, the girls, you know, greet Karama and, like, say, like, oh, aren't you happy you got such a high score? Of note, in the Latin American Japanese version, they refer to him as Minamino, while in the U.S. they refer to him as Suichi. I, I misspelled it on here, so it looks like misspelling sushi, but you get the idea. <laughs> Yum. Mmm, he's, he's a treat he's... of sorts. <laughs> hey. I mean, that's what they were trying to get out, but yeah. he was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so he, they're trying to, they're getting to talk to him, kind of buttering up about his, like, high test scores, and then he notices a Makai insect, um, that had just landed on one of the girl's shoulder. So he kind of does, like, a look over there and points to the <laughs> side, and then he, like, he straight up grabs the Makai insect <coughs> from her shoulder, and he's like, oh, I guess it was nothing at all. Um. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy joke. Yeah, yeah. the thing is, like, mm, the girls did not notice this ugly big bug. On Huge. Them. Yeah, Huge. It is not, it's not a small, it's not like a fly. So, it's like a mosquito, but like five times the size. Yeah, so it's, it means that. No, it's more than five times. Okay, think, ten times. Yeah, that thing was like the size of like a large cicada. Yeah. Wait, so, wait, so it's, uh, they can't see it, right? Yeah, they can't see it at no, all. Humans, yeah. humans can't see it. See hey, Joe. I guess that means that's like an enemy stand. <laughs> so I need to throw up our, our obligatory JoJo reference for the cast. Y'all need a drink now. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, Kurama, at least in the Latin American version, like basically says saying like, Estuvo muy cerca, which basically means like, it's very close. And I think in this case he's referring to like, the demon world is like, metaphysically or spatio, like spatio-dimensionally close right now. Spatio-dimensio. Yeah, anyways, my favorite JoJo character. Uh, 
Yeah, so Kubar's friends, you know, switching over to Yusuke's high school, uh, Yusuke's school, Kubar's friends want to take over the city because, you know, they're like, oh yeah, this is a good opportunity. But Kubar seems to have gotten over that stage in his life and he wants to enjoy peace, says that out loud. They play like, you know, like a nice tune and it then shows that he's just daydreaming of Yukina. (laughs) What else would he daydream about? Yeah, true love right there. He's he's a 14-year-old boy in like middle school, I mean, obviously. He's just out to become a better man for her when they finally reunite. He's got to become a real man. And then it's funny because in the English dub, his friends are like, yeah, we got to stop letting him go on these long vacations. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. So then uh, Yusuke sneaks up behind him and interrupts his daydreaming with uh, the spirit gun. But when I say the spirit gun, I don't mean shooting him with his actual energy. I mean sticking a gun-shaped uh, pose of his hands up his ass. Is this he- is called Kancho. Uh, it's quote-unquote Japanese culture. Um, I say this because, uh, so a podcaster I listened to, a guy named, uh, by the name of Jared Petty, was talking about how he lived in Japan for a long time and he taught, like, at a Japanese school, and one time he caught one of the kids doing this to another kid, and then when he was about to, like, be like, hey, you shouldn't do that, the guy just stopped him and put his hand up and was like, Japanese culture! And then he's just like, what the fuck? Uh, there's apparently someone at the door, maybe it's someone here to tell us about Japanese culture. Hey, yeah, it's people here to talk about Japanese culture. It's like always been talking about me getting on this podcast. Pick up my car. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, someone's here to pick up their car. Bye. See you later. See you. Japanese culture. In the Latin American version, for some reason, Yusuke refers to himself as a super estrella, a.k.a. superstar. Does he say something similar in the English version? Yeah, he, he basically grabs his chest and is like, I'm going to be a gangster. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so the Botan and, uh, and Kuwabara's friends are talking, and uh, they basically imagine the two of them as a married couple. And it's uh, horrifying and adorable. They're, they're like, which one would be the which one would be the wife? And then like both both styles are like, this is disgusting. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I actually was thinking that when they're arguing, and I, little by little, I hear love and marriage, love yeah, and marriage. Yeah, they kind of did look like the couple. And like I was thinking the entire time when they're arguing, it's like, uh oh, trouble in paradise. Well. So yeah, Botan shows up in class, uh, you know, tries talking to them, and Takanaka notices, and he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing here? Who are you? And then she's like, I'm no one, and then, like, goes off, <coughs> flies off on her oar. Very smooth. Yeah, and, and then you can know with the, like, the, in the English job, she's like, oh, I'm an exchange student, uh, my English no good, and she, <laughs> she bounces. I was hoping they would do that in the Spanish version, too, but she's just like, I'm no one, and I'm like, Cool. Thanks, Spanish version. Y'all always just doing this to me. Uh, but, yeah, Yusuke is bored as the school bell goes off, and uh, Keiko shows up and is just like, Hey, take Pooh. You can pretend he's a stuffed animal by attaching him to your fucking book bag. <laughs> Pooh looks like he's like kind of choking, but completely unbothered by it. But he looks really cute. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. I was watching his Joe, and I heard the deep-voiced Pooh in the Spanish version. Like, Poo, poo, poo. <laughs> I was like, wow, Joe, that is as bad as you described it. Yeah, I wasn't exaggerating. It's fucking weird. Weird. Uh, but yeah, so uh, three three guys are walking to Yusuke's school, and their shadows are all in view, like long-casting shadows, and it feels like a form of uh, foreshadowing. Oh. Uh-oh. Yep, but uh, Kuwabara then explains to Yusuke, like, oh yeah, my spirit sense has been really bad recently. I can't, like, feel anything. <laughs> I don't know why. 
That's really weird. So there's three different shadows? Yeah. Were they doing any posing? No. I gotcha. You know, long shadows. Yep, gotcha. So the three guys are now outside the gate, and Kubara basically challenges them to a fight, saying, like, oh, you guys are here for me, and, like, it's pretty clear from the way they're acting and what they say, like, no, they're here for you, Skay. Okay, well, obviously, why would they be be there for a second-rate character? Damn. <laughs> oh, shit. With a third-rate power. <laughs> third-rate deck. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the blonde-haired guy who, it turns out, through Patrick's research slash ears, turns out to be voiced by the same guy who does Dio, at least in the Japanese version. Yeah, I was wondering why he was yelling Muda the entire time. For he was not yelling game. Muda. I'm pretty sure he was, Joe. He was like, Muda, Muda. And, like, he used the world and had a shadow stand still. I hate you. So, obviously, blonde hair can stop people. <laughs> obviously, Dio. So, like, with Dio in the Japanese, though, like, what's his voice like? He, like, is it very... Like, Joseph-san. So, kind of, like, dark and... Um... Kono Pawa. Yeah, wait, yeah, let's... I'm trying to... Let's see. Like, uh, is it more, like, I can just play a sample sounding? Of yeah, just play, just play a sample, yeah. And make sure it's not just him saying... Yeah. Because in the English dub, he straight up sounds like a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, hey, the big man's back. Kind of like that. Oh, it's talking about Lob was like he sounds like Raphael from Ninja Turtles. Lol. Is that how he sounds like in the Japanese in Yohaku show? Yeah. Oh, okay. But less, less like refined. Because mm-hmm. Dio, even though he's like a villain, there's like an aspect of like high culture to him. Like right. when they first show him in the manga, he's just like sitting in a pitch black uh, library reading a copy of the Quran in Arabic. It's just like, yeah, okay, this is a thing, I guess. <laughs> That's definitely not what they went for for the English dub. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, Kito says he wants to fight, oh, this guy whose name hasn't been said, says he wants to fight a little away from the school, and he says he says he wants to challenge all of them at once, because, you know, he feels he can do it. Why so not? Yeah, they, they rumble for a bit, but Yusuke dodges literally everything, and knocks Kito down, to which, uh, Kito's two friends, who shall remain nameless for the time being, well, you met one of them earlier, Kaito, uh, and then tall-haired man... Uh, just laugh it off. They're like, oh yeah, just beat up a friend. It's cool. Damn, we got all the pro- anime prote- uh, antagonists here. We got Dio, we got Ka- Kaito1412. Who else we got? Who's that other guy? At the well, we have Yanagisawa, who's a character in Akira. Okay, and oh. that guy, yeah. So, man. Well, he's not actually the voice actor. I just meant more the name is shared with a character from Akira. I got you. Well, that's canon now, so. Every- is that the canon? That kid that turns into that giant beast thingy? No, that's uh, that's Tetsuo. Uh, y- Yanagisawa, I mean, spoilers, is a character that Tetsuo kills. Oh, yeah, the, he just, like, raffles. Oh, no, 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 he kills Yamagata. Yanagisawa is another character. That's the girlfriend lady, right? That's, like, gets completely destroyed. Well, she gets destroyed as well. Have you guys ever seen Akira? I have once, and It's I pretty get... shit, don't watch it again. No, no I, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, but it's based off a much longer manga that makes more sense, while the movie makes no sense because they cut out the majority of the explanation of anything. yeah. But the reason I bring it up is the theme song of it contains the main character's theme, uh, mm-hmm. contains the main character's names, because mm-hmm. they're just like, they're just like singing, and then just like, Yanagesawa, and then they just like go to other <laughs> shit. Tetsuo. Yeah, no, Tetsuo, Kaneda, and it's just like, why did you guys do this? It's like that, um, the, the, you saw the Broly movie, right? 
Oh yeah, that was, was like Broly, Broly. Yeah, that was really weird too. Yeah, that was. That was yeah, they just start saying his name in the song. It's like why hide in the trauma. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I actually did see Akira like the first time I saw it was at the the Harkins. They're showing it for like the oh the anniversary. anniversary. Oh my god, it was like amazing to see in that. Oh yeah, it's a gorgeous theater. movie, even if it makes no fucking sense without the manga. Yeah, that that ending was kind of weird. Yeah, so in the manga, it makes enough sense, because they're like, oh, yeah, he's become a god and create, can create another universe. It's like, oh, okay. Well, in the anime, they're just like, I don't know. He turned into a flesh ball. <laughs> Canon. Canon. Anyway, so where were we with this? I'm kind of lost. Oh, okay. So basically, <coughs> they're fighting, and Yusuke knocks Kido. I think we said his name right. Yeah, let's just, yeah. Let's just call him all okay, name Okay, guy, down, and the friends are laughing it off, and... Kuwabara and Botan are not with him. They, like, Yusuke and the delinquent boys line off to this this little secluded area. They fought in a field outside of, like, behind the school. Yeah, because, like, like you do. Yeah. When they, the three guys approached uh, Kuwabara and Yusuke earlier, Kuwabara's like, dude, you can't fight them. They're human. You're, it's like fighting old people or something like that. <laughs> the are fighting, like, a bunch of babies. <laughs> yeah. So basically, going back to Botan and Kuwabara, Botan finally tells him about humans ending up with powers and everything, and Kuwabara realizes that he needs to worry about Yusuke, and back to Yusuke, he's beating up Kido really hard, you know, bam, 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 oh, bam, <laughs> Kido <laughs> says, I'm going to take it more seriously now, and all of a sudden... The guitar riff comes in. Yeah, the one that goes like, do, 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 do. And we finally, he introduces himself as Kido Asato. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> he then puts out his arms and the colors go negative. So, you don't know what that means. Basically, it goes like black and white and it kind of inverted from like lights to darks yeah. kind of thing. And, uh... How, how would you pronounce it? So I was watching this part in Spanish and he's like, Bienvenido a mi territorio. Basically, welcome to my territory. Yeah. And he's like, welcome to my territory. In the, I don't know how to do Brooklyn accent. Stepped into the square circle. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Kido is already standing on the top of Yusuke's shadow and you're like, oh, why is that a detail here, I guess? And Yusuke is unable to move for some reason. We're oh. unsure why. Use the world. Naruto. Yeah. Pooh is watching. Wait, is that him? actually Naruto? That's a there's a power in Naruto where there's one guy whose entire power is like he can move his own shadow and he can step mm-hmm. on people's shadows and stuff. Well, he doesn't stop them. He actually then whatever movement he makes, they make. Yeah. I think my favorite one's that was it Noble Ninjutsu where he like turns to the hot girls. <laughs> That's sexy, sexy no jutsu. Sexy no jutsu. <laughs> sorry, I get those two mixed up. Basically. I'm sorry, I'm not a Naru, Naru head. It's okay. Guys. Um, so, no, why didn't use that, that term? So, <coughs> is watching from the side. He manages to unstrap himself from Yusuke's briefcase thing and he flies through the school ha- halls like, pow, pow, and people are like, what the hell? And he manages to um, look uh, find um, Kobara and Botan. Oh yeah, whoops, yeah. I accidentally wrote Kurama, but yeah, you get the idea. And Kobara's like, telling him angrily, it's a remote-controlled. <laughs> it's a remote-controlled toy, don't worry about it. And they're like, it's definitely too advanced for that. He's like, leave! Well, is that in the, which, which That was in language? Japanese and Latin American. What did he say in English? He said, have you guys ever seen a, fl- a penguin before? <laughs> what? Yeah, he's like, 
Serenette, haven't you ever seen a penguin before? And they're like, but penguins can't fly. And he's like, shut up. That's great. Get out of here. So then, uh, you know, they're basically in, in like, have you guys ever seen Lassie? Isn't that the one where the... It's the dog. That's the one where it's like... Oh, like the border the, collie? Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. Timmy's stuck in the well? Because they have to guess. Yeah. Because Lassie's just like, orf! And so, like, they're effectively doing that with Pooh, who can't speak Japanese. And they're, like, trying to ask, like, what happened with Yusuke? And, like, Pooh's, like, trying to speak to them for a bit. And then he... Pooh realizes, like, oh, I'll just pick up some chalk with one of my ears and scrawl down in, like, hiragana. Like, uh, they took Yusuke. <laughs> it's, that kind of reminds me of, like, the Pokemon where they, where they can't talk, but they can understand... And that's kind of where I got, because it says that, you know, it can't speak Japanese, but it's Squall Kana on the board. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they go to the field, and Kurbar and Botan find a note from the three of them saying to come to uh, Yojigen Mansion. Mm. How is this described in the three versions? Because I know in Japanese and Spanish it was described as Yogi- Yojigen Mansion. In in Spanish, was it just like, oh, come to the mansion at Rokorukubi Estates or something like that? Mm. Caught. Do you remember? Wait, are you referring to? I can. Oh yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, it is Roku Rokubi in like th- so in Japanese they basically say come to Yojigen Mansion, which is at Roku Rokubi Estates. But in English they just say come to the mansion at Roku Rokubi Estates. I think. Yeah, I think it doesn't have like a specific name. So in the English version, <laughs> it does. It's a direct translation of Yojigen, mm. but. The problem is that they don't say it until the next episode in the English version, while in the Japanese version they say it now. Okay, yeah, that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, house of four dimensions because jigen means dimension, and then yo is one way of saying four because oh. there's a bunch of ways of saying four. So, the, so the mansion's four dimensional. Uh, yeah. So they, they we'll get into this in the next episode. But yeah, like, how do you guys like the episode? I'd be curious to. So for those who don't know, um, Patrick and Megan are the only members of the cast who have not seen to this point. But Megan's not here right now because she's not feeling well. So, uh, yeah, Patrick, how, how do you feel, man? I thought it was an inter- interesting premise. Uh, kind of dumb that Yusuke can beat, a, can beat a man that can has 120% power, but he can't beat a kid that steps on a shadow. But, you know, <laughs> maybe that's sort of foreshadowing for this where it's like, yeah, well, Toguro was shit compared to these guys. It's less, it's less power level, like Dragon Ball Z style, and more like... Oh, here's like an orthogonal like set of powers that like are totally different. They're more like, oh, we change physical law, and you now have to understand how to deal within that system. Oh, that's kind of interesting, but we'll see it goes. But I thought I thought this one was alright. I mean, some of the later ones are pretty bad, but you know, this one is it was decent. It's a lot of funny lines. Yeah, it's yeah. like a lighthearted episode. I think I just mostly liked it because I just thought there's like a lot of good one-liners that were said, and <coughs> it gives you like insight on like how our characters are feeling. Like Yusuke is just bored; he's restless. Kubara is just Kubara. Kubara, but he's also concerned because he doesn't have his spirit energy, so he's kind of like, I don't know what's going on, and kind of now everyone's thrown in a loop since. I mean, imagine, like, Yusuke, he just defeated one of the most powerful demons that they faced, and he got kidnapped by kids. (laughs) Like, something's not adding up, and it's, like, kind of like, it kind of puts, like, a little bit of an urgency just to what the hell's going on. So, I liked it. I kind of like the uh, approach to power creep here, because, Mm -hmm. like, have you guys ever watched original Dragon Ball? 
Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. you know when Goku goes to the first World Martial Arts Tournament and like, spoilers, Master Roshi <coughs> enters the World Martial Arts Tournament as Jackie Chun in order to make sure that Goku doesn't get bored with fighting. So he's like, I gotta kick his ass in order to make sure that he doesn't stop getting better. Yeah. And like, so I feel that's one way of dealing with it by being like, well, now the strongest dude in the world who has retired has to get in. Yeah. And it sort of set Dragon Ball up for the path that it eventually took of like, just stronger and stronger people show up. While in Yu show they're like, no... At least right now, different people show up mm-hmm. who, like, challenge them in different ways and make them, like, look at power and their relationship to it differently. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't mean to make a JoJo reference. I know a lot, but it does seem kind of JoJo-esque. Like, you know, people with different powers show up and they gotta, gotta figure out how to deal with them. And, like, yeah, it's not as straightforward as it seems. Yeah. Togashi is a fan of Araki, so I'm going to put it out there. I'm pretty sure territories are his own spin on stands. Oh. I got you. You'll see more of that as, as like people don't fucking materialize dudes who are just like hanging out with them or anything. Yeah. But like there is a lot of just like what is this guy's power? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I so like. It's not gonna be. It's not like Shaman King at all, then, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not like Shaman King. I do gotcha. like um how we're definitely because it's been so demon focused and it's still revolving around demons because you know. Um, with the whole, like, the Makai insects. But I do find it really interesting that um, humans are more involved now, involved now. And, you know, like, um, especially if you haven't, like, if I were to have not watched this this season prior, I'd be like, oh, whoa. How are, like, these people, especially, like, if it involves later on Karam and Hiei gonna fight humans? Like, there's no way. That's, like, not allowed, quote-unquote. So... I think it's interesting to see how go further and whatnot. Yeah. Hopefully it turns out well. Hopefully. I doubt it, though. (laughs) Chop up all the people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyways, next episode, 68, Setting the Trap, a.k.a. The Traps Lurking Inside Yojigen Mansion. Uh, So at the Roko Rukubi Estates, Kaito explains the rules of his territory to Kuwabara, Kurama, and Hiei. Can the three warriors be of any use in a place where all forms of violence are strictly prohibited? Nope. <laughs> I was going to describe it as a safe space, and I realized in many ways it's a very unsafe space. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so uh, Yeah, not very safe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they get there, and uh, they noted that the note said that they have to bring the three... Well, they, they get to... They, they get back to things, and they mention that the note said that they have to bring all three of the gang, besides Yusuke, to Roko Rukubi Estates... Uh, A.K.A. Yojigen Mansion in Japanese. A.K.A. Creepy-ass mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Botan's surprised that whoever wrote this knows about Hiei and Kurama, because they're mentioned by name. Mm-hmm. And so they set out to find the two, um, first going to Mayo Private Academy, which is Kurama's school. And uh, I guess both... How do Botan and Kumari know that he's popular with the girls? Oh, so uh, there's <laughs> like some guys from the Kong. science team oh. who are just like... The science team being like, <laughs> Oh, please be the president of our science <laughs> team. Oh, you're popular with oh, the girls. Okay. You can get us more funding from the student council. it's like funding. I remember from watching the English show, Kumari makes a point that he knows that Kurama is like a big nerd and is always at the school. But I thought, I thought they wouldn't know like oh, how popular he yeah. was. Yeah, I think... Um, in the U.S. version, there was a point where the boys groveling for Suichi and Minamino to join the club. They're like, "You have to, or else." And then we need uh, girlfriends. <laughs> Kur- um, Kurama's like, "Uh, nerd violence." 
Only in the U.S. version. They they threatened him in all the versions, but that's the only one where he responds in that way. Well, in the Japanese one, they're like, no, the violence, sir. No. <laughs> no, they're not. That. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. No, they didn't. Yep. So, yeah, Kubara is yelling, like, literally, Kurama, like, repeatedly through the school, and Kurama's like, oh, fuck. Because, <laughs> like, no one again. knows him by that name because that's not his legal human name. So, I think that legally changed yet, man. He gets with my nor- no- notar- notary. He no, I think he's trying me. not to be identified. Mm-hmm. So, he doesn't want his notary knowing. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, like, the nerd guy is blocking the door. So uh, Kurama can't get out. And then all of a sudden it collapses behind him and knocks over onto him. Uh, because Kuobara knocks it over looking for him, just yelling, Kurama! Oh, hey, there you are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Kurama just, like, says, uh, in the U.S. version, he says, I'm Suichi here, while in Japanese, and I'm assuming Latin American because I did not see this part in Spanish, he says, I'm Minamino here. He's like, I'm the, I am actually the artist formerly known as Kurama. <laughs> that's, a good, that's not a bad point. Uh, but He's yeah, got like a little symbol for his name. It's like a rose whip. So after talking a bit, they discuss that Hie is still in the city because he's on probation technically, even though he's helped a lot. But since he was the mastermind and didn't will- willingly give himself over like Kurama, he's still kind of not on the up and up. Uh, and so while they're looking for him, uh, Botan says something to the effect of, "Too bad Hie is not here because then we could use his telepathy to find himself." And uh, Kamara's like, okay. "Yeah, you're right." And then. They kind of, like, take a Karama's moment. just staring at them. And in the U.S. version, he says, Logic is panic's prey. <laughs> Which I'm wondering if that's an old saying, because, like, it seems too concise to be, like, just, like, something they just coined, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is a saying. I never personally heard it before, but I assume it is. Mm-hmm. If it's not, it's a really cool touch, just mm-hmm. making something that sounds like an old saying for someone who's so old to be saying. Yeah. Uh, so back in the spear world, Koema makes the connection about humans with suddenly getting powers with the humans that kidnap Yusuke, and then they go back to um, the three, and Botan remembers that she's got these spirit world tools. <laughs> you know, the ones from episode, like the ones from like the first season that we thought we'd like see maybe once again, yeah. here's the one other time. <laughs> My favorite thing is when Kurama doesn't, when Korobara literally doesn't know what the heck they are. I was like, what are these things? Oh, I showed it to you. Oh, wait, or is that later on? Uh, I get that later. But, uh, you know, Botan mentions, oh yeah, Yusuke used these back when he was going after you and Hiei, uh, referring to Kurama. And uh, so in the Japanese version, she says, wasn't there like a third guy or something? <laughs> and then they just like never say it again. In the US, they just mention... Uh, that, like, they successively misplaced the, the tools at various points. Yeah, we, uh, we cut him off. Yeah, but I do, I do like that in the Japanese. They, they specifically, <laughs> like, you know, lampshade, like, there was a third guy, right? No one cares about him. <laughs> so they bring out the compass, uh, and basically Kurama says, well, this isn't gonna work because Hiei could just deceive it in the U.S. version. While in, uh, while in Japanese, like, they say something to the effect of, like, Oh, yeah, we couldn't tell if it's him or someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, just because, like, in the Japanese version, they're like, there could be someone just as powerful in the city for whatever reason. So it's kind of interesting they changed that for the U.S. version, because I think in the U.S. version, when they did the original Hiei fight, they did mention Hiei being able to, like, basically telepathically make his spirit appear to be different places. Oh, okay. And so this is consistent with that and removes the idea of, like, oh, shit, there could be other demons as strong as Hiei just hanging out. Which is something that seems erroneous in the Japanese version, or at least unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. 
Um, and then Botan brings out another tool, and she's like, ha, we just need some of his body tissue. Oh, it's, a, it's actually still the compass, because oh. she's like, oh, well, there's actually another feature on it to disambiguate oh, right. who it is. Oh, right. We just need some body tissue from, uh, we just need some body tissue from Hiei, to which in the U.S. version, Krom is like, too bad I don't carry a lock of Hiei's hair around with me. <laughs> you don't? You're right. We all should. We all should, man. That's good luck. And so she keeps on going through like different the different ones like the one of my favorites is she brings out the little magnifying glass as though we could just look through every building for him <laughs> or and then she brings out uh, the, the concentration ring, ring yeah. the concentration ring or we could just blow the buildings up and I think that's the one where Kuwabara is like what are you talking about? like the the like sort of dumb guy in the crew is like what are you fucking talking about see that's a great idea let me see that ring. So then she brings out the mystic whistle, which she describes as like a dog whistle for yokai. Uh, it sounds like when then they they play it, uh, it's incredibly loud. Kurobara mm. covers his ears, and so does Kurama. Kurama is in physical pain while it's playing. Kurobara's like, I can't hear anything right now, going along with him being not spiritually sensitive right now. But it sounds like a grass whistle if you were somehow mm. able to play that at the level of like a like a. I'm not making light of this of like a rape whistle. <laughs> and so during this scene, um, right as Botan. We just lost like, 12 fans. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Right as Botan, like, plays the whistle, <coughs> like, they're kind of in the background. In the foreground, there's a tree, and all of a sudden, you see a black blob just fall out of it, and it's Hiei. <laughs> and Is it, isn't it fitting that they use a, a dog-esque whistle to call Hiei? I feel like it's there's appropriate. Some, there's, there's, some, there's some hint of irony in there. I just can't figure it out. Low. So uh, they actually have two different reasons for why Hiei was here in the two different versions. In the Japanese version, he was just hanging out in that tree. Like, there's literally no reason for him to be there. While in the U.S. version, he's like, I came here to find who was making that noise and kill it. I actually really like that addition for the U.S. version, because the Japanese one is way too coincidental. Yeah. It's up there with the sloppiness of, like, there could be another demon that's strong around here. I kind of just like the Japanese thing, because it's the fact that he, he actually was listening and paying attention that he was, uh, he cared a little bit. Well, yeah, it's possible he could have been stalking them, but, like, it's not really spelled out, I guess. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have any friends. He wants friends, but he's... Too badass to admit that. It's everyone's favorite sundere. <laughs> exactly. Basically the, one of the OG sundere's. <laughs> so uh, Kurama points out to Hiei, like, hey man, you might get to fight some humans if you do this. Uh, but in the, they says that in the US version in that fashion, obviously not with the same intonation as me. But in the Japanese version, he says, you know what powerful humans will come after, after they've like dealt with Yusuke, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's more like a... In the U.S. version, it's more like a, you get to kill humans, which is something you don't usually get to. In the Japanese version, it's more like a, you gotta defend yourself, dog. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, they go to Rokurukubi Estates, and this is a deep cut for people who live in Phoenix, but this place kind of looks like Heritage Square. Yeah. You know, I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah, y'all look up Heritage Square when you get a chance if you don't live in the area. Um, but yeah, so they walk to the front door, which has hand-shaped handles... And a note saying not to say in the U.S. <laughs> get version. It, get it, handles. Yeah. In the handles. U.S. version it get says. It, it's funny. Fuck off. Hands and handles. I, it's, it's a funny. It's a play on words. I hate you. Based off of the handles being hands. I hate you. Anyways. So in the U.S. version it says don't say hot. In the Japanese version it says don't say atsui. Which effectively means heat. But it's a specific kind mm-hmm. of. It's like steamy heat. They like and it. is often used as a descriptor of both like. <laughs> Burly men and gay sex. 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it, it reminds me. I wonder if, if they played Drop It Like It's Hot in that room. Do you think Snoop Dogg would be turned into a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just hear, you see a bunch of screaming from the side. Like, what is this? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> then it just plays a rewind noise. It's like, that's... That's spooky as hell. <laughs> so this is where in the U.S. version they introduce the phrase "the house of four dimensions," which is the literal translation of uh, Yojigen Mansion. Yeah. So uh, Yusuke is silhouetted by a lit door with an unknown light source behind it, and this shot is actually a direct mirror for another character's formative flashback, which will mm. be shown later in this same saga. Oh, also during this, while Yusuke is doing his like Spider-Man style, like you know, just like. Uh, fucking quips. He says, "Why do your doors look so stupid?" <laughs> this is in reference to in the room. The doors are like weirdly shaped, and like conceivably you couldn't open a door of that shape. But it it kind of goes along with this entire place having like an impressionistic look to it. It reminds me of Pee-wee's Playhouse almost. Oh, like a very oh yeah. Sure. Even, yeah, even as a, it even has a secret word of the day. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it is hot. Ah! Man, if only there was that a zombie that. Be fucking jumps out when they say hot and they get sucked in. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Will Smith as Jambi the Genie. Oh, my God. Oh, yikes. So they enter a steamy fisheye fish eye lens view chamber <coughs> and the uh, territory entrance effect happens, like the negative thing, but this time it doesn't stay for two seconds. It's just like a, a flash just to indicate like something's weird. And it, who is this Karama? Yeah, I think he's... The entire schematic has changed. It feels like we entered a different space. Yeah. To which Kaito comes in and is like, or a different space time, am I right, ladies? Yeah. Karma actually mentions that he knows Kaito, and we know that he knows Kaito because <coughs> Kaito is his inferior. Basically, <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like a one way rival, you know, very anime. Like one person cares about the other person's totally unbothered by the whole thing. So yeah. it's like a Seto Kaiba versus Yugi thing. I think there's more of a rivalry between those yeah. two. It's more like a. I'm trying to think of a better example. Kaito and Joey, <laughs> maybe. Oh, uh, it's kind of like um, Kakashi and uh, m- and Mike Guy. Oh, okay. That, yeah, where where Guy cares odd. a ton about it, and Kakashi is just like. Okay. Yeah, I would say it's probably close to that. Except I think um, Karama doesn't even humor Kaito. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> well, I think they're much more silent. I think... They're not friends. Yeah, they're like, not friends. Yeah. 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 yeah, so Karama mentions knowing Kaito, and but never really talking to him personally or telling each other about their personal lives, so he's like a little shocked. But in basically in the US version... Um, Kaito, um, he's, Kaito says, imagine putting yourself in my shoes and finding out that my school rival can do the weirdest stuff with plants. I try to mimic his voice because he got, he has a weird nasally voice. That's some awkward word. It's like nasally but deep too. So it's like hard to do. Like, I don't think any of us can really do it. Did he actually say doing doing weird things? Oh, was that a fucking. Yeah, he does say the weirdest stuff with plants. Oh, God. Uh, But, like, the voice you just did kind of sounded like Lumpy Space Princess. Yo! Like if Lumpy Space Princess actually went to school. Yeah, damn! Imagine. The weirdest stuff with my beans. I can't fucking do that voice. 
Uh, but yeah, so Hiei, being Hiei, attempts to decapitate Kaito. <laughs> like, just like, he's like, oh, is that right? And then just, like, zooms up and does, like, a fucking bato jutsu, un- unsheathes his sword. And then, like, it just breaks because a psychic barrier forms directly in front of him, a la, you know, other anime. And it just shatters right there. And Kaito says, here, only, uh, only words have power here. And uh, in the U.S., he says, growing up a bookworm, I decided to ban one thing, violence. <laughs> Well, in Japanese, he says something that seems vaguely, I won't say mistranslated, but translated clumsily. He says, I hear you're a master of swordplay and sorcery. Yikes. Swordplay and sorcery is my favorite D&D ripoff. But yeah, uh, Hiei, you know, just because, again, he's Hiei, is like, oh, it's wor- I'm not going to be afraid of words. How would I just say it? Hot. <laughs> and then, you know, his soul is instantly removed from his body, and then Kaito just holds it in his hand. He's like, yeah, I don't... I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but okay. Yeah, so what happens when you say the forbidden word is that, like, they freeze, and then all of a sudden, like, kind of like <coughs> in the beginning with, um, what's his name? Goki or Gen- Genki? Goki. 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 Yeah. Like, the spirit comes out as a ball, and then, like, the body's, like, all white and everything, so. They turn, they turn to, uh, to, to Goro statues. <laughs> oh. So before Patrick says it, because it will inevitably come up, there is a directly comparable JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, scene where instead of a word game, they're playing poker. Mm -hmm. Like literally the same setup, and instead of your soul being released as a ball, your soul gets turned into a fucking poker chip. Yeah, Yeah, I I thought I I was going to make the comparison later on that it seemed very the the battle seemed very JoJo esque in its nature of like. You know, it's not fighting, it's more you gotta be clever and cunning. Yeah, no, like, legit, I'm honestly sure that Tagashi is a really big fan of Araki. To be honest, it would be, be cool if Kurama broke his finger, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, so, basically, and I don't know if we went into depth, so, with Kaito, his territory, basically, his imagination becomes reality. Mm. So he sets the rules about what's allowed. He still allowed. can't get a girlfriend, though. Damn. Oh, oh this shit. No, he's more focused on other things. <laughs> on, uh, like... <laughs> on writing journal papers yes. and... <laughs> defeating his rival. Yeah, defeating his rival. I mean, that's the important things in life, right, guys? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, Kuwabara, in an unchivalrous move, says they should just forget about Hiei and move on. Uh, basically saying, like, Hiei deserves this shit for being an arrogant dick. Like, doesn't say those exact words, but he kind of says those exact words. <laughs> yeah. I do like how, how he is pretty much useless completely in this uh, in this small arc. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, Kaito mentions that that option's actually invalid as they need a bunch of keys. Explaining, like, oh, yeah, this uh, place was, th- this house was made by an eccentric architect who made it so there's three locked doors in this, like, hallway because either he's insane or this guy likes to make maps for video games because that's the only other explanation. Jeez, it's like fucking the Spencers stay up in here. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, it's either the Spencers or it's Chip's Challenge up in here. Chip's Challenge? Did you ever play Chip's Challenge? No. Oh, man, it's like a early 90s, maybe even late 80s, like, puzzle game where you basically get uh, computer chips and keys in order to open up different doors. It's an adventure game up in here is what we're saying. Yeah, it's like it's like you gotta find the three keys and fight the tyrant. Yeah, so uh in you you kinda talk with Yanagesawa now, who in English is just like, Hey yeah, what's up, man? Basically talking like that and says, No dice. While in Japanese he has this nasally voice that's really weird. 
Um, notice that they give him kind of like a long nose, which is one, an uncommon feature in Japan, and two, usually used to accentuate this person's gonna have a nasally voice. So he sounds more like, mm, man. There's just a lot of nasally dudes up in here. Imagine he like just looks at him and he's like, brother. brother. No, no, not not that kind of nasally voice. I'm glad that they, in the English dub, they went for a more low voice. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then he also, also is, gave... Is oh. it me or does it look like he has a freaking wig on? I don't know, maybe... He just has that uh, high top hair. They all have very interesting 90s hair. Like, seriously, that looks like he has like a wig on. Like he's like hair and then he put the giant thing on as a wig. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of it looks like uh, Benny Maru from uh, King of Fighters or Polnareff from JoJo, basically, which are essentially the same character. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So Benny Maru is hey, we just took Polnareff and made him more metrosexual and colored his hair yellow. <laughs> yeah, colored his hair. Well, yellow. actually, some of them Polnar- Polnareff's hair is yellow in the in the uh, anyway. Yeah, f- keep going. Sorry about that. So Kubar tries to punch Yana and hurts his hand because like the barrier extends not only to uh, Kaito but also to anyone who he's protecting. Actually anyone. No one can be affected by violence here. And like we'll get to the definition of violence later because like I'm not sure if it's like a hey the amount of force going through a space at a time or if it has to do with like will or what because there's something clearly mm-hmm. that will test our definition of what violence is later. Yeah, what if you can essentially choke him be like hey come here man yeah and like <laughs> no 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 it depends on if the other person then says harder daddy oh okay yeah there it is. I forgot about that uh, so <laughs> speaking of which. Yana then says, we gotta be gentle with each other, okay? Has Kovar on his head. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. So yeah, how do you guys feel about this one? I actually thought this was a, well, they didn't start the thing yet, but this one was a pretty good build up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I might have warmed up a little bit to this thing. At first I was like, uh, it's shit, but you know. I think I'm starting to get, starting to see where they're going with it, so. Yeah. The build up's alright. I like it. It's a good introduction to the new characters. Kaito and Yana just oh mm-hmm. they do kind of have like more going on to them than being normal normal kids so mm-hmm. I personally thought Botan was super funny in this one oh yeah she's <laughs> hilarious in this one I love her so it's just she's the good one-liners and she's just like so extra so I just like that Botan is my spirit animal yes she really is low. Uh, I was going to say, like, the only thing I have to say about this episode that I haven't already said is, like, fucking uh, Kido looks like he could go to the same school as Iori Yagami. Who? Iori from King of Fighters. Oh, right. You're yeah. Right. yeah. Straight so up, that outfit right. is very similar. Exactly, yeah. I This definitely came out before King of Fighters 94, so like, I wonder if Iori's outfit is based on Kido's. It's, I mean, King, SNK rips, ripped off everybody, so why not rip off Yu Yu Hakusho? So would that outfit be... I'm just joking. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to figure out, because I know that junior high outfits are different from high school outfits. I don't think that's a... I don't think it's a junior high outfit. I was just joking. Um, I think it's just, like, that was probably fashionable in early uh, 90s Japan amongst... Probably delinquents, especially. The the untucked shirt? The untucked shirt with the smaller, like, Mm -hmm. vest-type jacket over it. Because if you look up Iori from King of Fighters, he straight up just has, like, a jacket that goes down to his midriff, but then has the long untucked shirt. Because it's like, yeah, this is a cool fashion, I guess. Yeah, because I guess I was trying to compare it to Yusuke and Kobaras to see, like, are they the same age, or are they more, like, Kurama's age? Cause they might be Kaito more like Kurama's is. age, yeah. Like, they all do seem a bit older. Like, for instance, like, freaking uh, Kido has, like, bags under his eyes, so, like, I don't know what's up with that. Oh. He's just is... not getting good enough sleep. Oh, yeah. Chill. 
Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Yeah. Ah, how fashionable. <laughs> so I just showed a picture of Eeyore. What a look. Little, his little jacket. He kind of looks like a, he kind of looks like if someone from Oran Host Club changed their jacket <laughs> I color. I mean, it's like a crop jacket with a deep V. He's also, he's and also wearing pants. a choker. In a choker? Wow. Kiss, kiss, kiss. He'd be the up, bad yeah. boy host. <laughs> that, also, that looks like a K-pop outfit. Yeah, it looks like a K-pop oh, it, outfit. oh, it definitely does. Yeah. It predates like some of the K-pop outfits that look similar to it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good point for a break, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. and then yeah, we'll see you on the other side with uh, the nicest episode. <laughs> nice, nice. What's, uh, you know, 13 squared minus 10 squared? Uh, I don't know. I failed basic math, dude. And then I'll... What? 13 <laughs> squared minus 10 squared? You know? It, it, it's what comes after... It's what comes... It, what, it's what comes before... Comes... It's the nicest before, number. Yeah. It's what comes before mouthwash. I do not know. You're the worst. <laughs> well, 10 squared... That should, so there's bad, actually yeah. there's actually funny pie, a pie chart thing. It's like what comes after sixty nine seventy and the other one's one, mouthwash. So it's thirteen squared is one sixty nine, and then uh, okay. Episode sixty nine: The Power of Taboo, aka ah, The Power of Taboo, man. Kurama's Intellect. <laughs> I, I like how it's sixty nine taboo on there. That's that's kind of cool. So in this episode, Kurama places his soul on the line and issues a challenge to Kaito. One by one, the letters of the alphabet will become taboo. Um, if any of the taboo sounds are uttered, the speaker will face a terrible penalty. Dun dun dun. A bad uh, spanking. Yes. No. <laughs> so yeah, in the episode before we did not mention what Kaito refers his territory to, and it just happens to be the word taboo. So, like we've seen before, any time someone says the, the, the bad word, a.k.a. hot, or atsui, uh, they lose their soul. <coughs> Thus, the word is taboo to say. It turns out his power is flexible, though, and he can like change it to whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, but we'll get into those details as we go on. Kind of weird power, but whatever. Uh, so, you know how in JoJo, like, sometimes people's powers are related to their personality or nature? Wait, Sometimes I, I, I can see that. I just, I just meant the power strange. I mean, oh yeah, like the sun. I mean, he. I can see it, but it's still weird power. Yeah. So in uh, in Yu Hakusho season three and in Hunter Hunter, powers are very specifically related to your mm-hmm. nature to the point where in Hunter Hunter, like people design their powers almost. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool, and they there's like a system of like checks and balances by which they can make themselves more powerful but it becomes more dangerous to use etc that's not true in Yu Show where it's more like this is related to my personality but yeah so uh, episode begins by recapping the rules about not being able to say Atsui uh, and the characters here are uh, Hannah can definitely speak more to this but I'll describe it as they're drawn very impressionistically with a slight haze over them over what is otherwise a very sharp scene yeah so like it's kind of like um to kind of show the environment that they're in, which is very, like, humid and everything. So there's a lot of, like, um, kind of, like, white, like, 
kind of like white mist around to show it's like kind of hot but then they really show a lot of contrast with like the character cells with like darker lines and everything and in general there's gonna be a lot of weird like it was like fish fish eye yeah fish eye lens fish eye lens shots just to show how wacky distorted distorted yeah there's like um, subjective shots like fish island shots like very weird angles of the building like nonsensical non-euclidean angles for the building kind of like i think to enhance the whole what's just like the the drama of the scene since there's not hardcore fighting it's to, like these kind of shots are made to like kind of make the viewer uncomfortable themselves just and also show how uncomfortable our heroes are as well. Is it, yeah. Is it meant to like build the tension? I think so. In I an think otherwise normal looking scene. Yeah, I think partially, yeah. I think there's some of that, but I also think this this saga is specifically about the distortion of space mm. and the distortion of like frameworks for viewing the world. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of distortion like pervades this entire season. And so like it's easy to apply that visually. Not easy, sorry, it is adept to apply visually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, Kurama introduces Kaito as a genius, and he responds by pointing out, and like, um, Kaito's like, that's a roundabout compliment. And like, that's because, you know, Kurama's number one at the school and everything. And then Kurama's like, well, you know, in certain ways, you are uh, way more qualified, such as philosophy and, liter- and, and literature. And like um he's like a like, published author in philosophical and literary journals like, like 15 years old okay <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to kill these spirit people yeah why you know fuck it yeah he's already doing a lot why not do just more yeah <laughs> it's like jk rowling gets a stand mm-hmm. yeah um so it's like super super humid and um, Kurva's complaining, saying it's like 100 degrees in here. So Kaito offers them kindly some drinks from the fridge. And he starts, like, laughing as Kurvar <coughs> walks closer. And Kurvar's like, what? Suspicious, saying, hey, did you, like, poison it or something? And Kaito makes fun of him for thinking of something so simple. I, I think he even says something like, oh, wow, I didn't think of that. You must be the real genius. Yeah, like, what a douche. <laughs> And so basically, Botan starts getting nervous. She's like, oh, I'll get it. And she says, like, um, like, she needs to serve it as necessary. Yeah, so in the Japanese one, I don't know if it says it's in English, but she basically <laughs> says, like, I need to do this because this is how I respond to stress. Uh, I don't know if they say that in English or not. I think in the English, she just gets nervous. Like, she is like, oh, I think her cool bar is about to pop. And, like, so she's like, oh, I'll just get it. And so she, when she opens it, um, like, she asks Kobara, oh, do you want OJ? And at least in the English version, Kobara's like, yeah, but he, can, he says, like, can you put ice in the glass? And then all of a sudden, he says, like, um, um because he's like, uh, he says, like, oh, I think there's only one, uh, like, uh, like, orange juice carton. And then she's like, Kobara's like, yeah, just put it in a glass so we can share it with each other. With two straws. With two straws. Oh, each other, yeah. 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 And then suddenly his soul flies out of his body. And everyone's just like, what the fuck? Um, Yeah, so this part's. So this part, uh, this entire episode, this whole section works a lot differently in English and Japanese. 
So, as you can tell, this was originally done in Japanese, so there will be a much more natural explanation for this happening, while in English it's sort of a, it's a stressed explanation. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, they kind of had to, like, bend it a bit. So, in Japanese, I'll explain that first. Kaito's <coughs> like, well, yeah, you said the sounds next to each other. My power actually doesn't operate on words and meaning, it operates on sounds. While in, uh, because what he said in Japanese was, ah, sweet, ah, sweet, like, which basically means, ah, uh, and then he was saying a very obscure version of the word for ice water. Mm-hmm. And, well, not a very obscure, but a more obscure version of the mm-hmm. word for ice water. Uh, and so it came out as atsui, which is the word you're not supposed to say. While in English, he said each other, which sounds nothing like hot, but is spelled E A C H O T H E R, H O T in the middle of it. Looks like the, his power is like a shitty parser. Yeah, yeah, so his English power is based on spelling. It's like, almost like, a, well, I was thinking, like, it's like words for friends or <laughs> like a scrapple. Kaito was into Logic. casual games before anyone else. Yeah. So Botan is like, oh, that's in the English version. She says, that's not fair. He didn't say hot. And then her soul leaves her yeah. body. Everyone's like, did that? I mean, Kurama, who's the only one who's left, is like, did that fucking happen, basically? <laughs> like, really, Botan? <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, let's see, so, Kaito's just, now he has three souls with him, and he's just kind of, like, leering at them, he's like, I can do anything with these, and he's like, I really like the girl's soul, like, they're especially pretty, so he's being really Weird. creepy about it. <laughs> yeah, I think he says it's like, he likes the pink, the pink color of the girl's soul, or something like that. Yeah. Some weird... Um, but yeah, so he he talks about this. Kurama's like hands are basically folded in such a way that it looks like he was halfway relaxed, but the other one is just like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Like, you know, like one hand is wigging out effectively. Uh, and so basically, uh, Kaito asks, like, Yana, like, oh yeah, you still got the key? And then, like, Yana's like, yeah, right here, reaches into a pocket, and he's like, oh, where the fuck is it? <laughs> And uh, you zoom out to see that Kurama's stolen it by using a vine that infiltrated into Yana's pocket without him noticing, and did this non-violently. Of course. Uh, wait, he just not notice this, this thing crawl up his leg? Well, no, it came down from the ceiling. Like, oh. it basically planted itself in the ceiling and grew so fast that he someone wouldn't notice it. You didn't see that in his peripheral vision? Uh, I think if... Like, because, like, people <coughs> have pretty good peripheral vision, but you can psychologically rule out a lot of stuff that happens above you unless you're mm-hmm. pr- primed to think of it. And, like, what reason would they have to be looking at things above them? Because, like, very few things ever come from that direction. His hair is too tall to feel anything. <laughs> it has too much gel in there. It's like, I can't believe it. My hair has failed me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, basically, Kurama's theme is playing during, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he did this Vine shit. He's so cool. And then suddenly it cuts to, I think the song is Sensui's Territory, but I'm not sure. Y'all can look it up on the Yuhak Show OST, but it's like one of the ones that's used a lot during season three. So wait, is Kurabara's theme Struggle of Sadness? No, Struggle of Sadness is a general theme, but it does play during a lot of Kurabara and Yusuke fights. <laughs> I gotcha. Kind of, kind of fitting, right? They yeah, just damn. struggle a lot. Uh, so yeah, Kurama then basically says, I've got an idea, how about we change the taboo word? Uh, Kaito is, you know, just kind of like, oh yeah, I was hoping you would do this because neither of us is stupid enough to say this. Uh, and so... It's funny if you just said hot. No, no stupid just say hot. Oh, shit. <laughs> That'd be a great way to end the episode. Uh, but yeah, Kurama says that he can win in 45 minutes if he allows him to set the rules. 
And so basically fisheye lens shots start happening like crazy here. Man, then they start skating. I don't know what that was about. God damn it. <laughs> so Kaito then has an internal monologue about his mastery of cipher games and word games. And just like, yeah, I obsess over words, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I'm, pra- I'm surprised he didn't say I'm Scrabble Word Champion or some shit. <laughs> uh, but so Kurama then starts explaining the rules that they're going to take the 45 <laughs> letters of the Japanese uh, hiragana syllabary and start subtracting letters from it gradually and those letters become banned over time and if you say them your soul will get taken out how in english did they explain this timing because in in japanese it was like one a minute while in um, u.s what the fuck did they do they used the english alphabet and unfortunately what's confusing was that they would say the alphabet oh you better kaito's like you better see all your z words before it's gone it's like Zephyr is a fire. I don't know. You're saying a bunch of Z words. But unfortunately, when they would go back to the um, paper that has, you know, like the hiragana. Yeah, it has the whole hiragana, like, syllabary so on it. So they were, like... It's like, as, it's like N and it says K on there. Yeah, like, so it was just frustrating because um, they were going backwards on the, with, the, um, with the alphabet for the English alphabet. Mm-hmm. So they started with Z and they would end with A. But then, um, so confusing was that in the, they would show the alphabet in, like, the subtitle would put, like, A, E, so it was, like, it's kind it was of weird like, how they didn't weird. do A, E, I, O, U as well, because they did the same thing right. in Japanese, so, syllables. Yeah, so I initially thought, oh, they're going to do the vowels first, right, to kind of match the Japanese, but mm-hmm. then now he's like, oh, they're... Like, you better say all your Y words, like, who are you, but... So, <laughs> it, was, for, it was weird. If you guys aren't aware of how, uh, like, hiragana works, there are characters for the individual vowel words, mm-hmm. but then a bunch of the other sounds contain vowel sounds in them because it's, it's a syllabary. Yeah. And therefore, you can get rid of the vowels initially in hiragana, while if you did that in English, you literally couldn't speak anymore. Yeah. So, like, you can't say... So that's how they kind of did it. And then, um, <coughs> so they're going down the alphabet. And I think in the English version, they stop at, like, I want to say H or something mm-hmm. before Kaito's like, I need a break. Or and he starts, he says, need to use the John or something like that. <laughs> need the John, I think is what he says. In the English dub. In the John in the later, bro, later, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, it's sucked in. Uh, they begin at 1 a.m. and it cuts to break. Mm-hmm. Is it 1 a.m. or 1 p.m.? It's 1 a.m. Definitely. Sure? One, the, the clock... It's night outside, dude. Well, I mean, th- they said one, 1 o'clock p.m. I thought it said p.m. No, it's definitely a.m. Like, because they arrived at night and, like, it's still night when they're doing this. Damn, I'd be tired. Like, can we do this tomorrow or something? <laughs> they got school the next day. Yeah, it's school night. It's like, hey, I can't make the school. Why? I fought like three different demons. So, uh, yeah, now that they're back, the notice on the door changes with the whole explanation of the game they're playing. Just imagine if you were walking by and you're like, what the fuck is going on in here? Why are these hand like why are these handles hand shaped? Fuck. Uh, so yeah, territory noise plays again. And uh, the and Japanese the, and the guy singing this head, man, I wonder if I can manhandle this handle. Fuck you. Uh, the <laughs> Japanese wordplay is very hard to translate at the level of meaning. So I honestly think the U.S. version did as good of a job as they possibly could have given of the localization because in manga you can do better, where you can like be like, well, the word for this is this, but yeah. in in anime you can't do that because people would have to be looking at those subtitles. Like, they'd have to be looking at three sets of subtitles simultaneously, which is something I do for this podcast, but no one else should ever do. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're cool, do it. <laughs> 
So uh, they go to uh, Spirit World, and Quen was watching this, and he's like, you know, like, oh, I gotta say these words without saying like the different letters. And so, in <coughs> this is a translated from Japanese. It said, "George is an idiot." George Aho, which basically, yeah, that's George idiot. Uh, and so, so Ogre misunderstanding what he was saying as just random noises just says, "Wow, you haven't mastered vocalization yet," not realizing that he was calling George an idiot, yeah. which is kind of amazing. In the English version, Quan was more just like, "Ah, I'm going crazy," and he starts saying that like, "Zupa," and then um, George is like, "Kuma, is this your baby talk day?" <laughs> That's great. This is one of those times where, like, the jokes actually both land really well, but in different ways. So, uh, Kaito realizes Kurama's trying to make him unable to say anything, uh, before, you know, striking. He kind of comes to this conclusion, like, oh, Kurama's not trying to trip me up during the speaking part. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get me to make a noise. Well, did you mention that he walked out and it was, like, literally Jumanji outside? Oh, yeah. He comes back in. Jumanji has happened. Mm -hmm. Yana is out cold. Because he was dropped entirely non-violently. <coughs> the plants just like creeped up slowly from the ceiling. He just cradled him. him. <laughs> Not even dropped him, just let him go. It's, it's effectively when someone's like, I didn't do that, gravity did. What's up? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I'm just imagining someone saying that in an episode of Judge Judy, what's up? Or Judge Joe Brown, he's like, what's up indeed, young man? And then like, you know, it just goes from there. Uh, life. <laughs> yes, life. Uh... So they, this is where they mentioned that the architect was fucking crazy and why, like, them having the keys is really weird. So Kaito has key number two, then key number three is just hidden in the giant bookshelf they have, because fuck it. It's a Resident Evil game, what do you expect? Yeah. So uh, Kurama is hidden amongst the dense foliage. Uh, it's it's just kind of interesting. There's noises everywhere that are unsettling Kaito, who doesn't know <laughs> what Kurama is. And there's a bird's eye shot, bird's eye view shot of of uh, Kaito from above, and you're just like, oh, why here? It turns out Kurama's up there. Oh. So uh, they start playing the stopwatch noise to emphasize the passage of time, but it actually like syncs up with the music in a really cool way that I actually really appreciate a lot. So I wonder if the music was made so that it matched like the passing of seconds on a stopwatch, or if the <coughs> stopwatch was sped up to match the music. But we won't know unless we go back and rewatch it. But not. Nah. Uh, so Kurama lowers himself and uh, if you know what send us an email to yuhakashow at google.com that's not a thing <laughs> that's not a thing but yeah so here's where the trap is laid and, and sprung um, so basically like Kaido's like kind of going through the forest trying to find his um, chair and he knows Kurama's hiding somewhere and he's like all the noises is like making him Kaito really, really unsettled and everything, and there's like a, a lot of bird's eye shots and everything, and he's like, ha, ha, ha. and all of a sudden, like, Kurama appears, or like, something happens, I forgot exactly. He, he comes he, down, yeah. and he says like the last thing he can say, which is, wah! In the English, bah! Which is very awkward. <laughs> oh yeah, because it would have been two letters left in Yeah, in, B and yeah, A, so he's English. like, Bye. And Kaido like looks at him like the fuck, but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> Nani the fuck? Yeah, Nani the fuck. And it's an incompletely, completely personal kid. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kaito's able to stifle the noise actually, and he's about to turn around to declare victory and be like, "I fucking beat you!" To which he finds Kurama making a silly face instead of trying to surprise him anymore. We don't know the face exactly because it just shows like 
a shot of an eye, and it's like a wide eye. So I guess it's supposed to be funny. And they and they make that do 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 noise <laughs> that they make when something funny happens. And then he starts laughing. Like Kaido starts laughing like crazy. And like um, in the animation, it's like as he's laughing, he's it goes back to the alf- the hiragana alphabet. Yeah. And it's like highlighting all the different noises that he's making and fu- and basically boop. In the in the Japanese version, he says in English, "No," yeah. and then and then says "shimata," <laughs> and that's when his soul just pops out. Uh, so Kuwabara lectures Hie about being arrogant, even though he also fucked up. And uh, Kurama points out that focusing on the game will make you lose. So just kind of like do do your thing, brah. I guess you could say he lost the game. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. that's that's my territory. Um, yeah, so 70s... Uh, what the fuck? Episode 70, 70s. Episode 70s. Uh, Genkai's Ruse. Delicious. The Terrifying Truth, A New Mystery. So this is one where the Japanese title is less spoilery than the English title, surprisingly. That never fucking happens. No. So in this episode, the gang reaches the captive Yusuke. But Kido has a final game to play with the spirit detective. Um, one of his friends happens to be an imposter, and it's up to Yusuke to determine which one it is. He only has a few minutes to do so, too. Um, with his final decision made, Yusuke attacks. I was expecting the game to be dodge these knives. Well, so uh, the episode begins with Yano waking up to find the others assembled above him, and... Uh, Basically, because they did this because there's a letter on the third door that says, hey, opening the third door without asking Yana will result in Yusuke's death. Otherwise, they would have just left him out cold because they had already found the key. They're just like, it was in the fucking bookshelf, you idiot. They, just went up to, they looked down and was like, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Uh, in the split second, like, basically, uh, it goes back to Yusuke and, uh, and uh, Kido, and... Yusuke is let go for like a split second and then like runs up to Kido and almost fucking kills him. But he steps on his sh- a shadow just in the nick of time. So, uh, Geso then explains, oh yeah, y'all have to take uh, different staircases up to go to the second floor. Uh, Yana's laugh uh, y- Yana's laugh in the sucks. <laughs> yeah, I must have read... The laugh in the Japanese version sucks. Yeah, probably. Laugh is in the sucks. Yana just laughs in the English version. Yeah, so, uh, he... Botan's <laughs> like, oh, well, I have these seals, which in Japanese are called the, like, Mejiru seals. What are they called in English? Is it just, like, spirit seals? The Sentai seals. <laughs> I think there was a name. It might have been the same, but Spirit not... stickers or something? <laughs> I want to say it's stickers. I think she did use stickers. No, it, I think it's seals, um, but it's called... Um, what is it? While they're looking that up, like, Kubar and Botan then basically do an information uh, infomercial, just like, yeah, what are these Mejiru seals? Please tell me more. <laughs> You can buy them at the gift shop for $9.95. Don't you hate it when you get separated from your friends and can't tell their health status? <laughs> so Botan mentions, like, oh yeah, uh, whoever puts this on you is the only person who can remove it. They'll tell you the health status of the person who placed it on with different colors, meaning, like, oh yeah, like, in good health, like, kind of fucked up, near death, and dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Yana's like, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Fucking put those on if you want, dude. Uh, like, Botan mentions, like, yeah, like, the, this is, the, the ability to remove them is based on your psychic imprint, so therefore only the person who did it can remove it. Yeah. 
Kie doesn't want to put seals on and blocks the initial attempt, but then Kurama just walks up and puts one on, and he's like, ah! <laughs> so then it goes to a shot where everyone's ready to go up the stairs, and it shows kind of like an angle where you're like viewing them from the bottom of the stairs, and everyone is like declaring before they go up the stairs, except Kie. So it's like, I think it was like Kulbar, Kulchan, <coughs> Kie, then Kurama, and Kie's the only one who's like, doesn't say anything. It's very good. That's a very good, like, um, showing, not telling kind of scene about mm-hmm. Kie's personality. It distinguishes him from all the, like, shitty Sundere wannabe characters who showed up later by just instead of him being like, I guess I'll do it, he's just like, he literally doesn't say anything because, like, a person like that would just, like, just not fucking say shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kido and uh, Yana are using early 90s cell phones. I actually wrote 80s, but they're using early 90s cell phones that look pretty fucking goofy. <laughs> like giant bricks. Yo, dog, where you at? Yeah, basically. I wonder if there's one that... You remember those cell phones that you like pager things? Yeah, I remember pagers. Yeah. No, like the cell, no, the cell phone, like, you know, the diddy thing like they clicked and it's like they, it's like a radio thing with oh. a phone call. I don't know what you're talking about, actually. Like, kind of more like walkie-talkie, I'm sure. No, it was like those cell phones are like walkie-talkie and phone, but it's like a phone call. It's really weird. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It was like early 90s things. It was oh. dumb. <coughs> so the four of them walk through a staircase, which does weird shit, like MC Escher style. Uh, so in... in Is it in... Uh, whose case is it where they're walking up and then they find out, like, I'm actually walking down! Isn't oh that in gosh. JoJo where Paul oh. Nerf goes up the stairs and he's, like, downstairs? So, that's something different, you asshole. But there's a part of, uh, you guys... Whoever's watched Hardcapper, like, <coughs> the maze is almost exactly like some of these... I think it was Kobara that was the one going up and he was going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then with, like, Karama, um... He was in a, his staircases were like appearing and then disappearing, and then like he he just like falls through a trap door into the maze, and he's just like idiots and just like chops up all the mirrors that yeah. were basically that were giving, the optical illusions. That were yeah, by optical the way, illusions. that's come out of your that's come out of your paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's like what ten years of bad luck because it's like all of them are basically mirrors, right? That's true. Yeah. He doesn't need luck. He just needs himself. That's true. Mm. So uh, everyone shows up at approximately the same time, and uh, basically, is it, yeah, Keto declares, hey, one of you guys is an imposter. And they're like, what the hell? And they all, uh, they all like, take off the stickers to show, like, no, we're, we're ourselves. And he explains, dog, Yana can copy people, uh, and his copy is so good that he, like, keeps the psychic imprint as well. I can guarantee you that he is not amongst... That, like, one of you is not amongst the four of you. That's like some kindergarten stuff. Like, oh, well, actually, it's like, uh, like, you know, the kids on the playground. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't, I can't get hit by bullets. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kino then tells Yusuke, you gotta figure out who's an imposter in ten minutes, or else we kill your kidnapped friend. And he's like, you can ask them questions within this time. So, um, there's, like, Yusuke then starts asking people, like, Kubara, like, hey, Kubara, what's your birthday and your blood type? And then Kubara's like, Kurameshi, you wouldn't know that. He's like, yeah, you're right, I guess I wouldn't. <laughs> and then, <coughs> uh, he's K, it's like, hey, Botan, I know what, I oh. know how to, or you want to say? Oh, uh, yeah, is he just like, yeah, what are your three measurements? Oh, in the English version, it's a little more blatant. He's like, hey, Botan, what's your boob size? <laughs> And Botan's like, 
why would I tell you that? I never told you that. And Yusuke is like, actually, you told me in, you know, at the roof of the school. And she ponders Yeah, she's like, maybe. Wait. And she's like, wait, no, I didn't. (laughs) You're trying to trick her. Like, dang, that's so close. (laughs) And then he asks Hie. Who's your sister? Who's your sister? (laughs) And then, like. Who's your daddy and what does he do? (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, as if I would tell you no. And then Kuwabara, of course, always wanting the opportunity to install he is like, I bet your sister's ugly. <laughs> just like you. Oh. <laughs> Little does he know. He just basically imagines Hiei with boobs and like a kendo and like a boken. Yeah. And Botan's like, um, I guess he doesn't know. And, and now Kuwabara and then every, Kuwabara's like, shh. Don't say anything about time. And now Kulvara knows that everyone knows except him about Hiei's sister. Yeah. Oh, and so, sorry, this is apparently where the spirit seal part comes up. But, mm-hmm. like, Botan explains, like, yeah, Yusuke, I told you about these forever ago. Did you just forget? And he's like, yeah, I guess I kind of did. <laughs> That's pretty much the series in a nutshell. Well, he's never had to really use them. Like, he needs He hasn't really spent time as a detective. He's kind of fighting giant burly men and kids with yo-yos. Also a bird woman once. Yes. That is weird. Uh, yeah, so this is where they explain Yanagesu's power. Uh, but basically, Kaito, uh, Kido let, lets it slip like, oh yeah, our employer asked us to do this. Um, Yusuke then decides, like, they let him out, and Yusuke then decides to hit Kuwabara. Like, they don't explain the reasoning yet, and he transforms into Yanagesawa. And uh, Yusuke mentions, I'm used to hitting him. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, basically he then explains further that... Karam and Hie wouldn't be stupid enough. They're too smart to like get tricked into that, and they're too untrusting. And like he says, like you had to be like the lowest of the low to like kidnap Botan and stuff. Yeah, I I think they don't say that part in Japanese, but oh. they, they do mention the like, oh yeah, they aren't stupid enough to get captured. And then Karama says to Hie, like, oh Hie, are your ears burning right now? Oh yeah. <laughs> And the mastermind <laughs> is revealed. Who's the mass mastermind? It is. Da, 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 da. The mass fighter. It's the mass fighter. fighter. It's like, it's like, I'm back, baby. It's Genkai. Genkai. Oh, shit. That's who the mass fighter was? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know. I thought it was Togoro. Yeah. He was playing both sides. Yeah, weird. He shrinked himself, too. Uh, so Kurama guesses Genkai did this to introduce them to territory, which, surprise. Uh,. And she says, I wanted you to see that depending on the method, there are still people who can kill you. Yeah. Yeah, she pretty much calls out um, both Yusuke and Hiei for being arrogant and being like, you guys let yourself get tricked. And that's not going to work out for what we have to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Kido mentions that they've only really briefly like got powers like only within a month or something like yeah. that. And that this was actually part of their training and everything and Kido's like, I'm so sorry, Master, to, like, Genkai and everything, and... And then Genkai, like, decapitates him. That was really weird. Oh, okay. Oh. 100, no. She just says, I expected you to fail. <coughs> it's cool. And she then mentions that, um, it's like, she did all this because there's actually a hole to the demon world. Mm. Dun, 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 dun. Kuwabara shows up. You see only his face, but he's pacing towards them, and he says the phrase... Ankoku no Tobira, which basically means g- gate of the demon world, mm-hmm. or no dark gate, and then it zooms out and it turns out Kubar's in boxers because he had been fucking kidnapped. 
and then the episode ends by showing a tall dude with seven shadows. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. Probably not relevant to that's the plot, though. That's a lot though. of shadows. That is a lot of shadows. Maybe it's like Shadow the Hedgehog seven times. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. what do you guys think about not only this episode, but this whole section just kind of introducing uh, pa- the powers and sort of a setup for like what's going to happen? I and seven it. shadow, man. I like, I like shadow a lot. <laughs> <coughs> This is not a bit. This is actually not a bit for once. A lot of people are getting sick around where we live. The weather has been kind of crazy. I hear there's a a portal to Demon World opening up. Patrick's actually getting powers. If there's Makai insects, man. He's choking on one. Oh, oh God. It's Makai Valley fever. I was like, just like uh, the the two, you're the two you're, all the two words comes out of my mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I actually liked the I actually liked this a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, at first I hated it, but once I saw it coming, I was like, okay, I can kind of get it, and I I really liked a lot of the battles in this a lot. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> not your typical Yohaga show episode with like fist flying and like stuff like that. It's definitely more mind games. So it's and it's like um I think. What I liked about this um, first four episodes is, like, kind of, like, you see, like, these four human punks going from, like, villains to, actually, they're not bad people. <coughs> so, I thought that was a good switcheroo and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ma- Genkai being the mastermind, when I first watched it as a kid, I didn't expect it. I was like, how could she do that to them? She just came back. She just was, like, got risen back to life. <coughs> But it was cool. I like these episodes a lot. I like the new characters that they introduced. I feel like even though they've been... You don't really see them a lot. You can kind of tell what their personalities are. So I like how that was handled. Um, it <coughs> seems like it's setting up to something more. The idea of territories always really interested me. Because it's... Because we already know that demons are powerful. We already know that they can do these amazing <laughs> things that humans can never contemplate doing until now. Now humans are able to do things that are extraordinary and amazing without having to go through like years or, I guess in his case, case <laughs> months. In or Kuvar's case, having just naturally high. Um, spirit awareness. Like, they don't need to have those special things that they, either they were born with or had trained a long time with. It literally just happened to them. Yeah. So one thing I like about this, though, is that, like, unlike stuff like the original Power Set in Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball Z, just because you're strong and able to do deadly things doesn't mean that you're incredibly highly defensively strong. Yes. Like, so you're still a normal human who just has deadly powers, and that is a thing that comes back in uh, Hunter x Hunter, mm. where, like, a bunch of the characters, like, if they get hit with, like, just, like, a bullet or something, will die, but can, like, unleash effectively a nuclear bomb, like, shit like that. So, mm. yeah, like, basically, like, playing defense is a lot more of a probabilistic mm-hmm. game in Hunter x Hunter. The same is actually true in JoJo, mm-hmm. where people are able to, like, lift tons of weight, but if they're not protecting themselves, will get stabbed and die. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's like high-risk, high-reward type fights. Yeah. As opposed to Dragon Ball Z and Yu Show to this point, which have been more like balanced risk-reward. Yeah. It's kind of like power equals vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We're, we're remarking about how territories like stands don't necessarily confer high defensive power. It's just like, oh, you have an incredibly d- deadly power, but you need mm. to defend yourself consciously. Gotcha. As opposed to Dragon Ball Z, where it's just like, yeah, now that you're powerful, you can take any attack. Unless you're Goku and getting shot with that ray gun in the one movie. Yeah. yeah. That was dumb. <laughs> what the heck's going on? Uh, Makai insects stuck in your mouth. <laughs> you become a hive. Like, I don't know. It's good. Like, I was like, fine, the tired of recording, but now I like, can't talk. That's what you get? Alright, anyways. D-Y. Yeah, would you like more water? I wouldn't deep, like, I'll get that. Anyways, while he's getting water, thank you so much for listening to the U-Hawk Show. Your support means all three worlds, human, demon, and spirit to us. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just a chat at our Facebook, at the U-Hawk Show, with two O's, and our Twitter, at the U-Hawk Show. Uh, which, I don't know, we don't really use that anymore. Like, feel free if you want, but uh, mostly go to our Facebook. Uh, tune in for the next episode where we run into more humans with freaky deaky powers and find out what the hell is actually going on. See ya. See you later. Kuzure